Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. These are unprecedented times to be sure. So many parents are being thrown into schooling from home with little to no direction. We've shared before in episode 30 some general ideas and suggestions for homeschooling. So we're not going to unpack all of that today. If you would like more information on that, I suggest you go back to episode 30 of the Mom to Mom podcast. But we would like to dive just a little bit deeper into one particular part of homeschooling that we believe is the very foundation for all the rest of your child's education and really perhaps their very lives. Kate Battistelli is not with us today, but will join September and I again around the table in just a few weeks. So be sure to check back with us to get her sage wisdom. Now, before we get started, September, I want to just mention to our listeners that what we're going to be discussing today is applicable to everyone. Now, obviously, it seems to hold just a little bit more weight right now in the midst of a pandemic when all American parents have been tasked to educate from home. But even if your kids are doing all of their schooling, say, online, and your role is more of a facilitator, you can still implement everything that we're going to share today. And I'd go so far as to say, even if you no longer have kids in the home, if, if you're a grandparent, keep listening. The next generation needs your influence now more than ever. So today we're going to be talking about morning time. Some folks prefer to call it morning basket, morning meeting. Others who maybe choose to slot it at another time in the day instead call it symposium, or I've heard it said power hour. But no matter what you call it, if you've been homeschooling for any length of time, you definitely know that it's a current buzzword in homeschooling circles. It seems that everyone has caught the morning time fever. Even if you're brand new to this schooling from home thing and have never heard the official term before, you may already practice it in one form or another. So September, I want to know what is morning time like in your home? What does it mean to you, this idea of morning time and to your family? Okay, so I do want to begin by saying that when you hear the words morning time and you're not a morning person like myself, I don't want you to cringe and think, oh no, just one more thing I have to do or it's going to be something I have to be creative and think and and I want you to know I'm not a morning person. Um, I never have been. I've tried to be a morning time mom, but morning time is really perfect for actually people like myself and for um, families in general because it's really for us it's setting the tone for our day. It's a time where we come together, all the different ages in our family. And I understand that, you know, if you're not homeschooling or you're not schooling at home, or maybe you don't have the flexibility, morning time does not necessarily have to be at a set time of day. It could be maybe right after school. We call it morning time because that's the traditional name for it. It is a great opportunity to bring your family together in the mornings, but most importantly, it's a focused time for our family. Um, in the word of God. And that's where we learn and we grow and we share together. Um, For me, it's my number one favorite time over the last 28 years of my parenting and motherhood, and I would not trade it for the world. So I think we're going to unpack what that looks like, um, how we lead that and what we use. But for my family, it's really just a basic setting the tone for our day. 
Yeah, so as we go along in this particular episode, you'll hear that there's a lot of overlap between September and I's morning time. And yet there's quite a few things that we do differently and that's okay. That's the beauty of morning time is that it can be as unique to your family as your family is to the rest of the world. So for us, like September, morning time really is a launching pad. It's just a short slotted time at the first part of the school day that we use to unify ourselves. Because I do have, like September, a really wide range of kids. It's one of the rare times in the day that we can all be learning together. It's that time that I slot um, the two most important items on our school agenda, which for me are spiritual formation and pleasure reading. Because we start with morning time, first in the morning, I can end every single day well, no matter how far it maybe goes off the rails later in the day, knowing that I got those first two things, those two things that mattered most to me, we got those done. Morning time not only gives us a spot in the day to be on the same page with what we're learning, but also a time to build shared memories. And, and actually in a practical sense, I often use that time to give family announcements like discuss an, any activities or commitments that we have later in the day. Or sometimes we take a family vote at that time about something that warrants a family vote because we're all together. And, and really, if you have a big family, that's rare in the day to all be together. So September, how is morning time different than, say, family devotions? Because there is a lot of overlap there. We've talked about teaching kids about Jesus way back in episode three. How is this different from that? Or maybe the same. Well, for some morning time, you know, it is a family devotion time. And for others, it's a time to include a mix of Bible and other tone setting ideas, um, maybe some creative learning ideas together. Our family, we fall into the latter category. So we have a morning basket. I, you know, I call it that. Um, it's actually a literal basket and it has our favorite compilation of Bible reads, um, Bible memory tools, and other learning favorites that we know will spark ideas. I kind of um, put some sneaky learning that brings good character and gospel living into our day. My whole point, our whole point as a family is to use our morning time to fix our eyes on Jesus. So whether I'm having a concrete Bible lesson or some character development or something that orients us to gospel living, um, that is what we use our morning time for. Um, it's not boring. It's fun. It's interesting. It's uh, motivational. You know, and we have a devotional time hit or miss as a family in the evenings. So for myself, when I have this time with my kids, I like to unpack it is a devotional time because I can, because we homeschool. Um, but that's, that's why I think it's so important for us to use that notch of time and call it morning time because we want the rest of our day to be focused on, um, the Lord and right where we need to be. And it's really sometimes more for myself and my kids and they don't even know that. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, for us, it's less about a personal relationship with Christ, although I think anytime you're learning about and discussing Jesus, it's very personal. But our morning time is more about spiritual formation. And, and some might say that's just semantics, and perhaps it is. But each of my kids have a time with the Lord on their own um, right after they get up in the morning. But this is worship 
and learning worship of and learning about him in community. So I think that's just slightly different than let's say devotions. It's definitely discipleship and it definitely has some very similar elements of family devotions, but it's, I, I would say it's a bit more academic. It's about building a foundation of biblical literacy and knowledge maybe of church history. And again, that's just my framework for morning time. As you scour the internet and, and actually Google the word morning time, you're going to get all kinds of different derivations of what that might look like because it, it will be unique to every person's home. And, and we're going to talk about in, in just a few minutes why we sort of center on things of faith in morning time, but that's the framework that September and I are coming at this from, but feel free to pull on that thread and just chase down the curiosities that your children might have and slap them at that time. I guess it all goes back to the why. Why are you doing morning time? And the answer to that question will tell you what needs to be slotted in that time. Are there any particular elements that you make sure to include in that time, September, or maybe exclude? Right. And, you know, I just want to go back to me. You said, you know, it goes back to the why and why um, why are we doing morning time? Maybe sometimes we need to ask ourselves, why should I do morning time? Maybe it's not something you're doing already and you're thinking, okay, I have no clue what this looks like, why I would do it. But, you know, hopefully we're going to give you that why. It's been honestly for myself, you know, one of the most formative things in my kids' um, nurturing and learning um, in the 28 years I've been a mom. So if that's not enough to give you a why, um, I'm, I want to encourage you to get creative with it. So for elements that I've included, 100% that I include in our morning time every day would be um, Bible reading, some memory verses. We have character quality or value discussions. We um, incorporate some music. So this is, these are the 100% for us, whether it's singing, maybe you're not a musical family. Um, we listen to music. We listen to a piece of music. Um, and then some other elements that I include 100% would be a presentation concept. So in a sharing time. So I, this, this time in the morning basket or morning time for me is not about me teaching them sitting, them listening. Like we sit in um, our living room and I encourage them to present something. So whether it was something that they learned or something that they've studied, and I will usually give them something at the end of each of our morning times to kind of go research or dig deeper into. And then I ask them to share. And sometimes they bring their own personal devotions that they've been studying or a book that they learned about a Bible character or a person from history. And we go around the room and they share, and this gives them a chance to talk, kind of open up, to ask questions, and it also teaches, um, all, you know, your other children to show respect and listening. So those are the 100% elements that I include. Things that I do not include um, and that I don't use regularly would be stringent writing, um, things that are tasking on the brain. I mean, I, I really want to have compassion for my family. Like I said, I'm not a morning person and I want, I don't want it to be this purely academic jump right into, um, academic things. So I do not, I do not use those elements in our morning time. And I like to make my basket, um, creative. I like to make it motivating. I like to make it encouraging and I like to make it Bible-based. 
I love the idea, September, of having it as a time where your kids can share things specifically in the realm of spiritual formation. I've, if you've ever seen um, September's social media, particularly her Instagram channel, she often shares some of that time and gives everybody a peek of what that looks like. And I think it's just so lovely to see her really young kids. You know, your youngest is eight, right? Yeah, eight years old. Yeah. Eight years old, sharing a devotion. And I just think, well, that's a wonderful time to disciple kids into discipling, you know, teaching them how to rightly divide the word. And you can actually use that as a great training time and a way for them to get their feet wet in presenting God's word to a group of people. And who better to do it than your your siblings who love you and know you and who will offer encouragement Well, our morning time consists of the following elements, and I'll just give you a rundown. Very similar to September's, we do a hymn and a praise song. We typically learn one hymn a month, and then we cycle back to one of the previous ones that we've learned. So we sing two hymns a day, the the current hymn we're working on to memorize, and then one of the old ones. We have memory verse practice. We too like to slot manners and character training for this particular time of day because it just makes sense. We're all together so we can discuss it together. And then I always have some sort of faith building resource. And I put those in what's called a loop where we do one of these four things um, on any particular day. So in other words, we don't do them all every single day. I do one of them each day and I just kind of rotate them in the basket. And so that's some sort of Bible storybook, um, a theology resource that teaches us good solid doctrine and theology, a missionary biography, and some sort of Bible reference or Jewish cultural or Jewish history lesson. And then again, like I had mentioned before, I like to put some kind of current event. If there's something happening in the country that I would like to let my kids learn about, but maybe frame it with our worldview, that's a great time to slot that. So we've been watching a lot of news stories about COVID-19 right now, because this is definitely something that I know my kids will one day want to have a reference point for as they tell their children about their experience. So uh, morning time is a great time to start forming a biblical worldview about what's going on in the world. Now, I tend to avoid adding anything else in. In my mind, if morning time is supposed to be for the most important things, then I have to keep it simple. I have to keep it to the most important things. And in trying to cram everything into morning time and make everything important, I'm kind of really making nothing important. So I think things like nature study and art history and math practice are all very worthwhile things, but I don't want to give them quite the same weight as spiritual formation and character development. So I slot those elsewhere. And I know that some would argue that those topics and subjects are best done as a family, and I wholeheartedly agree. But that doesn't necessarily mean that morning and morning time is the only time that those things can happen. So I can place those that those other group learning subjects at a different time in the day in order to give morning time the gravity that I think it needs. So you've unpacked what you do put in Morning Time September. I'm wondering if you can flesh that out a little bit further and walk us through, give us a sampling. If we were to peel back the doors of the McCarthy home, what would we see during that time? 
Well, you would see me slowly taking my time to get downstairs and getting a cup of coffee. And then you would see my kids running around the house, um, chatting and being very loud and me avoiding them until the very last second. That would be reality um, because I just slowly have to ease my way into this. And I, and I know there's someone listening that's saying, yep, that's me. I am, cannot even imagine spending those first few hours or those first few minutes of the day with my kids in one room. Usually I'd prefer them to go do this and go do that. And I'm used to going to do this, but um, for me, it's been really good because it kind of pushes me into a spot to allow my children to see that uh, morning time is important. And so for us, um, you know, it would look like me saying to my kids, okay, get your Bibles and come into the living room. We're going to start morning time in a couple minutes. And then I um, come into the living room and everyone, you know, everyone, because there's a large number of us should have their Bible and a notebook and my youngest couple um, love to bring like their colored pencils and a pencil. And, um, she's always like overly prepared. She absolutely loves morning time. And when we had older teens in the house, they would come in as well. So everyone comes into morning time. Now during this pandemic that we're going through right now, we have some college students home and one of my girls still comes in, sits down with us and she listens and she participates because it's not something you really outgrow. And I'm going to kind of share a little bit more about that later. But um, so I just get the morning basket. It's always sitting in the same place. So I don't have to like, you know, um, go find it. It's not overly complicated. I sit in the same place every day. And then I just um, begin by saying, okay, who wants to share what they've been learning in their own personal devotions? And some of the younger ones are always pretty eager to do that. So um, we'll just go in the order, like go around the room and they'll share what they've learned in their own personal time. And if, and if your kids aren't doing a personal devotions, this is a great time to encourage them to do that. So they have something to share, you know, whatever's going to motivate them at this point. Um, some like to share and some don't, you know, my teenage son, he's not always overly excited about sharing what he's learning in personal devotions, but, um, I like to re-engage by encouraging everyone to answer or say, wow, that's really good. Or, oh, I never thought of that. So that they know it's important that we want to hear what they're learning. Um, so they share, we go around the room, they share what they've learned. And then we move into, I read a section from one of my favorite books, the child story Bible by Catherine Voss. And we'll link that for you. And I've been reading that book for 28 years. I've gone through three copies um, worn them right to the the binder and they've actually fallen apart. That's how much I use that book. And so I just read a section from there. Sometimes though, the great thing about a morning basket is if you feel like maybe today is a day to do something different. So today I actually pulled a different book out of my morning basket and it was actually, um, a poetry book. And I thought, you know, I don't really want to do poetry later. So we need, um, it's a dreary day. It's spring. I'm going to read a poem by Robert Frost on spring. And I read that. And then I asked the kids to talk about what they know about creation with spring. What's changing? You know, what does God do in our lives in the springtime? You know, as far as our spiritual life, what does springtime look like? You know, in anything, anything you have in that morning basket that you think is going to inspire them to think about God is fun. So, um, for my kids, it was great. And sometimes when I'm reading a poem, 
I'll let the younger kids color a picture of what they hear me talk about. And then we'll talk about, you know, creation, or we'll talk about what the poem says. And it always points back to the Lord. Um, so today, you know, it was poetry. And then we move on to some Bible memory. And we have gone through so many Bible verses, so much memory. Sometimes when they're little, we've done movements and motion. I have the kids stand up and we all stand up or we just put in a CD or something from my phone with a musical Bible verse or some um, music that we enjoy listening to. And then we move on to a character quality and that's interactive. So we just, it's like popcorn. We just kind of move through it. This is only taking um, max, you know, when we first started, it was taking maybe 10 minutes. And now um, we, we just sit there and go on as long as we can. Like, I don't even have a time limit. I don't even pay attention to the clock because it's grown to be something we really enjoy. Um, I put my phone away during this time because it's so important to me. I don't want to be disrupted with texts or checking Facebook or anything like that. So I put my phone away. My kids, I want my kids to know this is a screen-free environment and I, I will not be distracted from it. And um, we have a prayer time. Sometimes the kids will share their own personal things. And now we're moving into a stage where my um, daughter is starting to write her own devotionals. So she, her goal is to write a devotional book. So she's been sharing some of her devotionals. And um, as far as like college and teenagers, when they come in, you know, I'm going to share a little bit about this in the future, but they, they're involved and they're listening. And um, I think when you start this in your home and you make it interesting and you make it um, interactive, then it's just not that boring Bible. Do I have to do this time? So that's what that looks like for us. And then we just kind of wrap up and I put everything right back in my morning basket and I say, okay, let's get to school, get your water. Let's get moving with our day. And everyone kind of disperses into their own places. And we continue, you know, with our homeschooling or our lessons or errands or whatever we're going to do. And I really try to set the tone with our morning time. So if I think our family is struggling with maybe contentment or we're struggling with selfishness or we're struggling with um, discouragement. I really try to pull that out. Like as a mom, we know, and that's, I think what Jamie and I are talking about when we say we try to set a tone in our homes. So, you know, you know what the tone of your home is when you wake up that day. That's why I love morning time because as moms, you know, we're the tone setters. So, you know, I can't fix their moods, but I know that Jesus can. So I just, you know, encourage our kids to kind of bring it all back to him you know, I know you're struggling with discouragement today that you want to see your friends, you know, maybe let's come up with some creative ideas. A lot of our morning time is spent in conversation. And I think that's my favorite thing about morning time is you really get to know the hearts of your kids because they feel relaxed. They feel comfortable. They open up to you. So it's not just the stringent devotional Bible time. It's really a time of, um, you know, growing together as a family. So that's what our morning time looks like. So you said two things, September, that I just think are really worth highlighting and swinging back to. One, I heard you say that it's not a real rigid plan, meaning you have these things in the basket and these are the things you hope to get to. But if something else comes up that you feel like, you know, this is worth camping on for a little bit longer, or I really want to highlight this particular thing you don't, it sounds as if you don't really mind switching it up and just really keeping that plan very flexible and loose. I heard yeah. you correctly in that. 
Yeah, yeah, we don't. I don't have a plan. I have a basket of the things that I think are great for our family. And the way I feel led to pull something out in the morning is what I do. I don't have a schedule. I don't have a plan. It's where we meet Jesus and he meets us and we just kind of follow the lead. There's nothing, you know, concrete about it. And the other thing that I heard you say that I think there's a mom out there that needs to hear this. You said you started out early on, you know, it was just like 10, 15 minutes where you would all gather together. And then as time went on and perhaps you got more familiar and comfortable with morning time and as your kids grew up a little bit more and had lengthier attention spans, then it just continued to get longer and longer. And now you don't have necessarily a time frame. You just let the Holy Spirit lead and the time lasts as long as it lasts. And if it spills into other parts of the day, that's fine with you. And I think that that's something that a lot of moms struggle with. They see moms such as you or I who have older kids who are doing these really lengthy, elaborate, really robust morning times. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we have come to enjoy it. And that's where we're at right now. But we didn't start out that way. And when September and I had little ones, toddlers, preschoolers, you have to account for the fact that they're toddlers and preschoolers. And so that time really is going to be just bite-sized chunks just to whet their appetite, to set the tone, create a habit of morning time. And so you don't have to feel bad if you're finding that, wow, I can only do this for 10 minutes a day. That's great. That's 10 minutes that you wouldn't have had had you not done it in the first place. So I think that's where a lot of morning times get derailed is when a mom assumes that she has to cram all of these things in that time or it doesn't count, or she's looking at those with older kids and, and not really seeing that, you know, that will have to happen someday. Yeah. That will come. It just, Mm -hmm. it, the habit gets started now in small little bite-sized chunks And then as your kids get older, that time gets lengthened and it really becomes um, really deep and, and really robust. So our morning time, like September's, is, is in the same spot every day, around the same time every morning. I call our morning time together. We convene in the living room. And for a long time, that started with me just kind of wandering around the house saying, it's time for morning time. Everybody come to the living room. And I found that that was really starting our morning time out with me shouting and with them kind of coming begrudgingly because maybe they were in the middle of a project and now they have to drop that project and come running. And that wasn't the tone that I wanted to set for starting our morning time. So what I began doing, oh, I don't know, about four or five years ago is At the beginning of the school year, I would pick one worship song that I really felt um, would create a theme for our year that I was hoping would create a theme. And I chose that as our morning time song, our call to worship song. So when I'm all ready, I've got my hair and my makeup done, my, I'm all dressed, I've done my personal devotions, everybody's dressed and we've eaten and it's time to start our school day, I just turn that song on my phone and kind of walk around the main areas of our house so that everybody hears it and they know that they have the length of that song which is you know, usually about three or four minutes, to finish what they're doing, wrap up the play that they're doing at, right now, and head down to the living room downstairs and be ready for morning time. It, it has really helped us start morning time much more gently 
and everybody comes to that time prepared, even, even with their hearts prepared, because now we're starting with this posture of worship through this song. So I play that song, everybody um, rallies in the living room. On the way to their spot in the living room, they know that they're to grab their one book that they're reading for pleasure, whatever book that is, and then meet me in the living room. I too sit in the very same spot, and I have a little basket right next to my comfy chair filled with all of our morning time things. Um, in this, this sort of liturgy that we do, this same thing every day really helps to curb arguments before they even happen. Like we don't have to argue about where we're going to sit. Everybody kind of sits in the same spot. We don't have to argue about who's going to do what. It's all kind of set. It's just our liturgy of morning time. And we go through our basket, which, as I had mentioned, includes the hymn of the month, the memory verse, character and manner development. Uh, I have been recently throwing in a Bible trivia question every day just to kind of spice it up. And so I got these um, Bible trivia cards at a bookstore, I don't know, back in November. And we've been doing one card a day. And I'll put a link to those cards in the show notes. My kids have really enjoyed them. And they've been they've given us a chance to really gain some biblical literacy in sort of a fun um, game way. We um, use one of our faith building resources and sing some praise songs. I actually, a few years ago, compiled all the praise songs that we knew as a family into a family praise and worship book. I just made it on the computer. And so I use that. And then we typically discuss a current event. And I give any announcements that I need to about our day, like if we're, if we have co-op that day, or if we'll be going to church later in the evening, or if somebody's coming over for dinner, that's when I am able to talk to everyone at once and give the announcement. And then when, when our morning time is concluded, then I take out my phone and I set a timer for 15 minutes and we all open up our books, whatever book we happen to be reading, and we read myself included. And so in that morning time, I'm concentrating on the two most important things to me and my home, our spiritual formation and our reading life. And like September, our morning time goes as long as it needs to. I don't ever look at the clock. I don't ever worry about the fact that we're not getting to something. The only, the only time that I actually time is that reading time because I want everybody to get 15 minutes in before we even start our day. But the actual morning time of digging into our basket items and um, coming before the Lord with worship and with um, verse memorization, that time goes as long as it takes. And, and then we move on with our day. So you've mentioned a couple of resources um, September. And I'm wondering if you can share any other particular resources that maybe you'd recommend for a beginning mom with young kids, or maybe even um, a mom who has teens and tweens. Yeah. Uh, I do want to share those resources. And as you were talking, Jamie, I was thinking maybe the question we should address before we give some resources are this, what about the mom who is in the formative like beginning preschool years, what did like our morning time look like then? Because, you know, both of us just answered what our morning times look like now. But I was thinking about like, I was actually thinking back, I had an Instagram, Facebook post of when all my kids were very little. And that's how long I've been on social media. But I was thinking how funny and how real that post was. I basically had a nursing baby. And then I had um, one of my toddlers was hanging 
upside down off the living room chair. And that's what we had a picture of. That was our morning time. I had a few on a blanket with a few toys in the middle of the living room. And then of course, the, a few of the older kids were on the couch trying to absorb whatever I was mustering out for our morning time. And I remember thinking, there are so many moms in this season listening to this or thinking, okay, I, I cannot do this. Like, this is too formal. I wouldn't even know how to keep their attention. They're not going to sit and listen to me, you know, do this and this and this. And so basically, you know, our morning time has evolved to what you and I just shared, but when you and I, and you know, I share my own story specifically, that's what it looked like. It was music and it was motion and it was talking about, you know, what Jesus said to us and what God's word is. It was learning the books of the Bible and it was um, keeping their attention for as long as I could keep it. And then we just move on. So, um, you know, that morning basket was something fun where they would kind of say, let's pick something out of the morning basket today. What's it going to be? And um, so for us, that's what it looked like when we had preschoolers. I'm Jamie, maybe you can say the same thing, you know. Yeah, I would say we did a lot of the same things. We just kept it much shorter and age appropriate. So when it came time to memorizing verses, I think I got a board book that actually was ABC scripture memory. So every single letter of the alphabet had a very shortened version of a verse. It was the actual scripture verse, but it was maybe just the the beginning part of a verse or something that would match the letter of the alphabet. We read from a picture book Bible, a very short story within that. And we did a lot of finger plays and action songs. You know, I may never march in the infantry and we would stand up and do the motions. Um, only a boy named David, all of those things, those yeah. little finger plays and songs. I remember too, YouTubing a lot. We'd put on a YouTube song for, um, I think we were listening to a lot of Go Fish at the time. And we would watch their video on the books of the Bible, the Bible book bop, and we would memorize the books of the Bible from that and dance. There was a lot of dancing going on at that time. But I think the key to that time, especially when you have maybe your oldest is only in preschool or kindergarten and you have a nursing baby and a toddler, is to really allow some kind of handwork at that time. It's okay that your toddler's on the floor building blocks while you're reading a Bible story and singing songs. It might not look like they're getting anything, but it's doing two things. One, they're picking up small little nuggets that are quietly being planted in their minds and in their hearts. And you might not see the fruit of that for years to come, but it's growing secretly in the, in the secret hidden recesses of their heart that only God can see. And two, it is setting a habit. Those little ones know that when the day starts, this is what we do first. It's building rhythms and habits in your day that will carry you through for years and years to come. And so, yeah, your, your morning time might not look like September and I's right now. But if you start early on with those tiny little 5, 10, 15 minute increments, you'll be able to add to that and watch that grow and flourish. And you too will say, this is the best time yeah. in our homeschool day. Right. So what about those resources? Okay. So yeah. So I'm glad we backed up on that because some of the resources that I'm going to share are actually resources I use when my kids were little 
And then I, as I kind of list those resources, they will get progressive in age. And then of course we'll move into teens. So there are so many great Bible flashcards with letters and Bible um, images and stories out there. I would recommend you search in our um, website. We're going to link a few of those. I don't want to list all of those right now because that would take a long time, but the formative things that I've used that stay in my basket all the time um, are the children's, the child's story Bible by Catherine Voss with a V, the um, character creature cards for preschoolers through September and co on Etsy some creature cards, character cards for the older kids. They're uh, on a ring. We use those every day. Um, those are also for some, from September and Co. We use books from Answers in Genesis, which is a great resource. We've used those a lot. We always have notebooks. We always have art supplies in there in case we decide to turn it into kind of a creative moment with some music playing, some worship music, and they maybe do some scripture art. So I always have a few things in my basket for that. Nothing overcomplicated. We've used um, the Rod and Staff Wisdom in the Millers books, which are some of my favorites. We've read all of those. Um, right now, my kids are doing something from Master's books called More Than Words, and um, I really like those. They're a little costly right now. We bought ours on Amazon, but we'll leave a link for that. My kids love them, um, and sometimes that just gives us something new to do with pen and paper and not just listening. We've used um, the book Faith Forward by Ruth and Patrick Schwenk. We've studied God's names as a family. We pick one and do those one a week, um, sometimes one a month. And you can really do a lot of fun things with that. That's a book written by Sally Michaels. There's a lot of books out there on that. One of my favorite things, though, that I've used from day one, especially with preschoolers, toddlers, young children, are... Um, it dates me way back, but it's a musical family called the um, Harrows, and they've put music out called Sing the Word. You can find that on Amazon or Spotify. Um, I used to have the old-fashioned CDs that stayed right in my morning basket. I popped it into our old-fashioned CD player, but now I just bring it up on my phone. It's all um, scripture-based music. So it's like verses to music. I mean, very catchy tunes. And now my grandchildren are using these. So I don't think that they're that outdated that people get tired of them and think, oh, that's just too old fashioned. Like now my grandkids are still singing all of the same verses. And I love, love, love that. And, um, for girls like you, it's a ministry that has some really great resources that I've tucked in there. We, uh, um, we have a lot of daughters, so I like to have some things that give the girls and the boys something, kind of fun to work with if um, I feel like maybe we need to do that. So those are my preschool recommendations. You know, I have some different recommendations as they get older, but those are the things I kind of really, really highlight that always stay in my morning basket. Yeah. And I'll add some links to some specifics that we have used um, throughout the years. I just want to highlight some of our favorites that like September have come in and out of our basket for the longevity of our homeschooling. Uh, I mentioned ABC Bible verses. There's one that Helen Hunt put out that's really exceptional. It's not a board book, um, but it is a picture book, which is great because then it gives your child a, an image to implant in their head along with the verse. Years ago, I found these children's Bible learning cards, and they're on a ring, and they're li little flashcards that have really foundational verses on them, but beautiful illustrations. So I could hold up the card and my kids could see what's happening and be able to understand the verse a little bit better because they saw it illustrated. I love those. Mm -hmm. When my kids were really little, we would read from the big picture book, which really details 
um, why Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament and how the Old Testament looks forward to him and how the New Testament looks back at him. We also really like Theology. Theology. It is a book that is theologically forming for kids. It really breaks down the tenets of our faith in in bite-sized chunks for little ones to understand. I'd highly recommend if you have older kids, the series called Then Sings My Soul, especially if you like to do hymn study. It breaks down um, different hymns of the faith and gives you a little bit of biographical information on the author and how that hymn came to be. All of my kids really love the Hero Tales series, which is a series of, I don't know, three or four books all about different missionaries. And then as they get older, we graduate to the Christian Heroes Then and Now series, which is a paperback biography series all about missionaries and great men and women of the faith. So we typically, that's, I think one of those books has been in our basket for the past 12 years. We just love them. And then Lately, we've gotten into doing some apologetic type resources. Lee Strobel has the series, The Case for, so there's The Case for Christ, The Case for Creation, those types of books, but he also has a few put out specifically for students. So we've been going through some of those books and it's been great to give my older kids who are now in those years where they're actually going out and having to have some big conversations with friends and defend their faith in a very articulate way with their peers, it's given them some talking points and some ways to express the reason for the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. So um, along with those, like I said, we'll throw some other links in the show notes for this particular episode. You can go to momtomompodcast.com forward slash 31 to get these links. Do you have any tips, September, for making morning time meaningful in a home with a variety of ages? We talked about what we did when we when we had littles, but you and I both went through seasons where we had older kids and littles. And I think that really is the trickiest time when you're talking about teaching, um, teaching multiple ages is when you have that big age gap and you want to, you want to make it meaningful for your older kids. So it doesn't feel like um, nursery school, but you also want to provide some of that, those formative thoughts for your young ones that you did when your older's we're little. So do you have any tips for the mom who's right there in that tricky season? So for our family, this is, you know, I think if I could break it down into five words, it would be this, this is what family means. So this is really what family means. It's not, well, we're a family, but my teenagers do their own thing. And my young kids do their own thing. Like at some point your family um, will be defined by what you do. And the time that gathers you together. And for us, this is almost like, I don't want to say required because it, this sounds really legalistic and stringent, but it's really expected. So sometimes, you know, teens or older kids will roll in and they'll be sleepy and um, they'll be kind of begrudging. There will be a season like that. Um, but over the time um, with some things that I'm going to share, I think that you'll find that it grows to be a very meaningful time. Um, a meaningful time that really defines your family, a time that when they grow up and out of the home, they start in their own home because it meant so much. So hang in there with that. You know, whether you're dealing with attitudes or you're dealing with discouragement, um, don't give up, Um, but just be clever and creative. So some of the things that I've done is I'll actually assign. And when I say assign, like I mean that loosely, um, 
the older kids from the time, probably when they're about 11 or 12, I ask them to prepare a, a devotional or a morning basket or a morning time that they will share and lead. So I will tell them a week ahead. I'll say, so on Tuesday next week, you're going to be sharing morning time. You're going to lead us. You know, if you, if you need some help, here's some verses and some ideas. I even created a download that I put on my website just so that they can have some direction. Like if this is new to them and they're thinking, oh my word, I've never done anything like this before. And so they basically come prepared and everyone gathers and they do what I did and they learn how to, um, dissect God's word this way. And I walk them through it. It's not like they're on the showcase and they get picked apart. You know, I kind of pull things out. Sometimes the teenager may say, well, today's verse is, you know, Proverbs three, and then they read it and then they just, well, okay, I did it. And then I'll say, well, let's, let's see what we can do with this with music. And what does this mean to you? And then, so the next time they prepare, they add that element. So you're basically teaching your kids to be leaders in your family. And so that's one way I've incorporated. I've asked them to be a part by leading. Um, sometimes as teenagers, I'll actually ask them to lead it for me. Maybe I'm not feeling well. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I'm working on an attitude for myself. And it's just this spontaneous, hey, I'm not feeling great today. Can you lead morning time? I'm just going to sit. You know, you're not on, you know, you're not on trial. I just need you to do this for me. And so I've incorporated the older kids into this. Um, and I've had to have personal talks with my kids when they get older and sometimes say, listen, I know this isn't always at your level. I know it's maybe not your cup of tea right now, but I want you to remember that this is what leading a generation of Jesus followers looks like, like you will someday have your own family. And I know that doesn't mean anything to you now, but you will have peers and you will have kids come to you and you need to know what it means yourself. You need to know what your faith means so you can lead other people and they, you know, your kids will trust you. They will lean into what you lean in. Um, we don't have screens. So I just encourage them to be present, even if they're not always getting something that they really are, they're hearing it. Another thing that I've done is, um, I will address morning time in two different levels. So I will actually address a verse at a very elementary level, and then I'll kind of step it up and talk to them at their level. And the younger kids sit there and they listen. And so um, it's really been interesting to me, you know, when I first started having teenagers and they kind of brought themselves to the morning time, I thought, oh, this is going to be challenging. Um, but it wasn't, you know, I mean, we worked through it and now, you know, I'm watching my daughter on Instagram do her own morning time. And I went over to their house the other night and she has her little kids and she, you know, she was one of those kids. I thought, oh man, this is going to be hard. This is too silly or childish for her, but, um, they see value. They see value in, in that bottom line, those five words that this is what family means. This is our family time. Yeah, I think if you start early on, it just becomes part and parcel of what you do as a family. And I know I keep saying the word habit, but it does become a habit. It does become a treasured ritual or liturgy in the home. And so if your older started out doing that when they were little, it just seems natural to continue doing it. I also would just um, echo what September was saying. Having good communication with your older kids is really the key. For you to sit down with them and say, listen, I know, you know you're not really in love with the idea of singing only a boy named David, but your four-year-old brother or sister 
is just now learning those things that you got to learn at that age. And this is your chance to serve the generation coming up behind you, to serve right in your own home and to consider the interest of others ahead of your own, as Philippians says. It's a great time to disciple your older kids towards discipling and serving the younger ones. Just some practical things that we've done in our home is to rotate listening and participation activities. So there's times where we sit and we listen, where I'm maybe reading a chapter of a longer book or reading from a Bible story, and, and it's more sedentary listening, mm -hmm. in which case you can let your little ones play with little handwork on the floor, blocks, Legos, some quiet activity. And then after a time of listening, then we do something that is more participatory, like singing a song with actions, getting up and dancing around. This is especially important if you have those that wide range of kids to be able to include something that each age range can do. Um, so you could do actions with both songs and verses. Um, and then I'd also say this is where having that flexibility, that, that loose framework comes in handy. And I'll give you an example. Um, this morning for our morning time, According to just the rotation of our basket, I was supposed to read a chapter from a missionary biography that I was going to be reading from. But now we're in a season leading up to Easter. And I recognized early on this morning as I'm getting ready that um, my youngest hasn't really read The Three Trees before. I haven't read it to him. I probably have. He just doesn't remember it because he's that young. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to scrap the missionary biography for today. And I'm going to read this short little picture book because it's at his level. And I want him to be able to enjoy this season of Easter in this posture of worship like the rest of us. And all of my older kids, my four olders had, have read that book and reread that book and reread that book. And they could practically, um, you know, read it from memory, but they all sat and enjoyed it with him. And it was a chance for them to lean in close to their younger brother and encourage him as he's in those formative years. So it's okay to hold your plans loosely so that you can slip in some of those things for a wide variety of ages. Another just simple tip is to rotate daily. So if you do a picture Bible story book reading on Monday, then maybe you can do an older you know, a chapter from an older missionary biography for your older kids on Tuesday. And then maybe Wednesday, do something simpler for your younger kids. And everybody's there. Everybody's participating every day. But there's elements and pieces for every age group in your basket to make everybody feel welcomed and seen and known and so that they have a chance to learn right at their level. So I have one last question for you, September, and I'm actually going to tap out of this one because it doesn't really apply to me. I'm hoping you can offer some sage wisdom for all of us. What about the non-homeschooling mom or maybe the grandma who doesn't have kids at home right now during this season of quarantine, but she'd really like to capitalize on this time that she has, this extra time? How can she use morning time during this nationwide crisis, even if she's not you know, actually at her grandchild's home teaching or even facilitating? Yeah. So I've actually seen this done firsthand. So we have some friends who 
um, purchase on Amazon or on websites. Like, you know, with my shop, September and co I had a grandmother leave a note. She signed in, purchased some of the materials that we offer and had them shipped to her son and daughter-in-law. And she wrote them a little note and said, you know, this will be for your morning time. Enjoy. And then she will FaceTime them and go over some of the things herself and like read them a book or do a little song with them and check in. How's your memory verse going? And I thought, man, that is such a generational great idea. One, it gives, you know, the parents who are trying to maybe save pennies right now, don't really know what a morning basket looks like. Maybe they don't have the time. Maybe they're working from home to sign in FaceTime grandma and grandma does this with them. So I really, really love that concept. I've been doing that myself with my granddaughters. I've been checking in and I'm trying to, you know, maybe have them sit for a little bit and talk to them about these things, ask them what verses they're learning, have them sing me their songs. And this is what morning time looks like in, you know, a pandemic. And that's what it looks like generationally. Also, even if, you know, this pandemic isn't going on, you can do this with your grandkids across the country. So they don't have, you don't have to be in their home. Um, but you can help those parents set up their morning basket. You know, it helps them with cost. It helps them with creativity. Maybe you're listening today and you just want to share this podcast with um, a daughter or daughter-in-law or your son or son-in-law and just say, Hey, you know, these are some ideas. What would you like in your basket? How can I help you? So as far as the um, non-homeschooling mom, you know, I just want to take the homeschooling part of this out of morning time. Like anyone can do a morning time. Um, I don't think it's a homeschooling thing, although it's talked about, you know, frequently in the homeschooling circles, but if you're home and you know, your kids are home and you're not normally homeschooling this, this concept, it's really just about family. It's about formation. And so, you know, think of it that way. Don't think of it like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to start this. This is a homeschooling thing. I'll never be able to finish it. Um, you can move this time around. I can remember growing up, you know, coming home from school and my mom having a snack for me and having this time where she talked to me about what I learned about in school. And we talked about what was coming up as a family. And we had this little time that was morning time, just at a different time of day. So, you know, you can make this whatever you want. We call it morning time, but because for us, it's setting the tone for our day while we are at home. But for you, you know, as a non-homeschooler, if you're listening, think about this as formation, that spiritual formation. It's it maybe not just devotional, but it's something where you connect with your kids and you make a very intentional time to, um, you know, get into their hearts and to kind of use it as a spiritual formation time. So that's what I have to say. I, it's my favorite time. It's honestly, I've said this a zillion times. If there was one thing ever in the history of my motherhood that I would say was my top, um, like, I'm so happy I did that. I have no regrets. It's morning time. It, you know, that's a hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. I love the idea September of a grandparent getting on a Zoom call or a phone call and doing something, just some little something with their grandchild. If for no other reason, I don't know about your kids, but when my kids were really little, they loved the idea of talking with their grandma and grandpa on the phone, but they were very awkward and didn't know what to say. And then consequently, grandma and grandpa weren't sure what to say. And this really gives a grandma and grandpa some talking points while they're on a call with their grandchild and really can make it, um, proactive and, and gives them something to do while they're um, investing in the next generation. It really gives them a tool. I love that. Yeah. And I, I also just want to reiterate before we move on, 
you know, September said that this isn't necessarily a homeschooling thing, and that's 100% accurate. But I also want to remind us that this isn't just a quarantine thing. You know, this episode is, is going to air during a time of national crisis when we're all looking for things to fill our day and to do when everything is sort of unstable and not our norm. Now's a great time to get morning time going, but don't let it end after quarantine. Get the habit formed. Um, whether it's in the morning or an evening, maybe right after dinner, right after breakfast, whenever. Start that habit now so that when life does return to a regular pace, a natural clip, this can be just easily inserted into that routine. If the anthropologists are correct, and we really do become like the people that we spend the most time with, Let's spend more time as a family with Jesus. Morning time is one, maybe not the only way, but one way that we can do that with our entire family. Right now, most of us have no excuses. Our calendars are cleared, at least for now. May we all come out of this quarantine just a little bit more like him. And in that way, we'll be redeeming this time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode has been encouraging to you. If you're struggling to combine home and school during these difficult days, we'd invite you to head on over to the mom to mom podcast and snag our free daily schedule download to help smooth out the rough edges of schooling from home for you. And we'd also love it if you join in the conversation over on Instagram. In the coming days, we'll be sharing videos of our own morning baskets, and we'd love to see yours. Feel free to tag us on Instagram and show us how you're redeeming these days, one morning at a time.